so see that so it's unfortunately this is not going to be a natural intro like the one that i thought we were recording um a few minutes ago but now we are truly recording so we can truly start this episode of cranked and ranked yes um, we can it's not going to be as good so what the shit that you guys missed a couple minutes ago fucking gold that was but gold it's all downhill from here this <laughs> is not going to be very good but welcome to cranked and ranked and Welcome to a, a special edition of Cranked and Ranked, a, a series of episodes we like to call CNR Sidebar. Mm-hmm. And it's even a special version of CNR Sidebar because usually when we do CNR Sidebar, there's a, a theme or a topic that isn't related to any of our sort of normal videos. But this time we are doing a CNR Sidebar about nothing. Yeah. It's, there's there's it's like, no plan. There's it's no like the Le- it's the Led Zeppelin four of CNR sidebars because it's just CNR sidebar <laughs> untitled. Yeah, and, I I, um, for- I forgot my bag of sticks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this was Eddie's idea to see, I guess, see what would happen when people stop being polite and start getting real, the real world. Mm-hmm. That's, did you what does that was that show you're I think you're I don't think you're uh, old enough to know that reference. I've, I've heard <laughs> I've heard of the real world. Let me, let, let me see the real world show. It, it started in the early nineties. I want to say like ninety two ninety three oh, it, maybe. It, it's, it's like one of the first reality shows, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I um, have heard of this. I've, I never watched it, but I I have heard of it. And originally, it was actually very good. Like yeah. because what they. The idea was I don't know if this show came before what's that there's a there's a really popular one in England where everybody lives in a house what's the Big Brother Big Brother I don't I think this was before even Big Brother I think Yeah and um but the thing that I really enjoyed about it was you know I was I don't know what year it started but I'm going to say it was probably 92 93 but so I was a teenager and they specifically put together these different kinds of people and for maybe two or three seasons it appeared that they were just letting them live their lives and be themselves and they were obviously like giving them little things like oh we're going to go to this restaurant or or whatever um but it was it seemed literally like different people either getting along, not getting along. You learn about people. Um, I mean, it was, it was for, for a young person, it was one of those things in the nineties that made me go, Oh man, we're really going to make some, some huge steps forward in our generation. We're going to leave behind these dumbass boomers and we're (laughs) going to make shit that means something. And we're going to understand all kinds of different people. There's going to be no racism, no sexism, no homophobia, none of that stuff. By the time I'm an adult generation X, and that didn't didn't happen Um, because a few seasons later, all of a sudden you could tell that they were like, look, we're paying you for this. We want you to get drunk and fight every episode. Mm. Okay. But originally the real world. I thought the real world was 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 very good. Um, hmm. 
and watched it regularly. I watched everything on MTV in the early 90s. But And ladies and gentlemen, that is an example of what's happening on today's episode of CNR Sidebar. It's just whatever tangents we decide to go off on. And yeah. I'm, very, I'm very glad I got my other cup of coffee because... <laughs> I really think it, it it really makes my brain start going. And this is mm. when I need the synapses to fire because I don't have any notes. There's no notes. It's very unco- it's a very uncomfortable feeling not to have any notes. Just saying. Yeah. Um, freewheeling. Anyway, yeah. So uh, so this is going to – this is uh, – why am I still doing an intro? <laughs> you know, it should be an entire show of me doing an intro. We're finally at the end. I go, all right, now we're going to get to the show. Good night, everybody. And <laughs> – but uh, yeah, so we're just gonna shoot the shit, just like two blokes having a pint at the pub, um, and uh, whatever comes up is what comes up. So join us. I mean, grab a chair, pull up a chair, uh, but you're not gonna be able to get a word in edgewise because um, we're the only, the only ones with microphones. <laughs> cool. But uh, what, what's on your mind, good sir? Well, uh, I thought that I might search the web for something that might, you know, spark some conversation, and I came across mm. uh, uh, I came across a list by Loudwire of oh, the of the top twenty five metal mascots, and I wanted to check this out and see which are the most legitimate and whether or not you agree with the placings of said mascots. Send me, send me the link, sir. I will, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to look at it with you. Cool. Cause it, it you know, popped out to me. Do you know what? I, I just saw somebody make a, uh, a, a TikTok that was saying, um, you know, when somebody's, when you're an adult and you have an adult friendship, you know that the person is a good friend when the way that you normally communicate is by sending each other memes and TikToks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is me and Eddie. Like we text yeah. sometimes, but he sends me all kinds of shit that I don't even understand what it is. And I don't even know how to respond. I'm just like, okay. He sent me like 50 versions of the scene from eight mile where Eminem yeah. is, is is rapping to the crowd only it's just like you know one eight seven seven cars for kids or something like that (laughs) the best the best one is the uh we buy any car jingle that one those are most of the almost we buy any car.com any 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 we buy any car.com but the thing is most of those were jingles that i've never even heard they're just yeah they're british or or you know in in your neck of the woods and but, so I was all like, what is this song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, the We Buy Any Car one had me on the floor crying, yeah. laughing at that. So they, it was just they, how perfectly they'd sped up the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. it's like, Eddie, 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 Eddie. And it's, Dude, yeah. From 50 quid to 100 grand, We Buy Any Car. <laughs> before we get it, okay, good. They did it the right way. Um, I, I really hate it when uh, when a, when a publication publishes a top 25 or something of something and they start mm-hmm. off with number one and i'm just like yeah, no, that's yeah. not how i want to read that i want no let's go work, backwards i want to work up to it yeah so the, the thing that we're going to run into here is that this is the top 25 metal mascots and i guarantee you i don't know at least half of these there's going to be half okay. like this first one heart beast from cataclysm yep don't know that one and that looks Pretty generic, not very memorable at all. Mm-hmm. Not man at 24. 
Yeah, that's what made me think that you're going to have some hot takes here. Not man Not, at 24. Uh, nah. I disagree. Should so, be higher. I bet you I know. I, I, I don't even want to read their 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 thing because a loud wire is pretty lame most of the time. But um, <laughs> but the not man, I think because it doesn't necessarily look very metal, but it is very me- memorable and like an iconic image from a metal yeah. band. I get that. But I would put it in the top 10 at least. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Then you got uh, Jester Head in flames i didn't even know that was a mascot and what the fuck is it it's just a spiky helmet thing uh, he's a transformers looking kind of guy i think some of these they're just trying their best to have a mascot and they're just like look we use the same weird nondescript image in every album then it's a mascot right <laughs> yeah what yeah, the it's qu- fuck is th- okay i understand but no yeah it, it's f- face bones by death clock uh you know look, which is look Death Death Clock, uh, Metalocalypse, funny show. Yeah, that don't you only have twenty five spots? Don't waste one on a parody band. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no matter how fun they are. Mm, yeah, into that. What the fuck is this next one? This is Ziltoid the Omniscient, uh, Devin Townsend. I th- that, I think I think I, Ziltoid's pretty legit. It looks like a Muppet. I kind of I kind of I dig it. He is. He is. There's. I remember seeing a music video a while back where he's like driving a train, and it's it's hilariously awesome. It's De- Devin cool. Townsend's a dude that um, I really appreciate. Like pretty much everything I've heard that he does, but it's very. It seems like a daunting thing to try to get into hmm. to his discography, not just his solo, but also Strapping Young Lad. But um, but I like what I've heard. That that reminds me that somebody was. Um, I think it was on the last live stream I did. Somebody brought up uh, Buckethead, and oh. I was like, "Oh, I've heard some Buckethead. It's always kind of cool." How many albums does he have? Oh, five hundred. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, never mind, Buckethead. You're cool and all, but I don't got that kind of time. My uh, my friend Dan back in college, he he was like a like deep down the guitar nerd rabbit hole. Had watched every episode of like Premier Guitar Rig Rundown everything he was like obsessed loved gear real gearhead and i just remember like talking to him and i'm pretty sure he'd heard at least half the buckethead albums i was like wow that's just genuinely impressive at that point (laughs) yeah it's just fucking crazy absolutely so so, so this next one is this actually a, a, a mascot or is this just a character on one of their albums I th- I think he shows up a couple times. I, th- I think the, I've seen Ma- the Mad Butcher from Destruction. Because I th- yeah maybe he's on other stuff, but I don't I've don't think I've seen another Destruction album with the Mad Butcher on it. But he apparently re- makes regular appearances at shows decked out in a blood spattered apron and his signature red stained oh. meat cleaver. So it might be gotcha. more of a live live element. But, sure. Uh, so, Nineteen number- scary guy. The number 19, the Metallica scary guy for me is top five, at least mm. um, yeah. just because I've always really liked. It's memorable, but also very simple. And I've always in my head, I'm still sort of attached to being a teenage metal fan. And yeah. the fact that it's something that I could draw, mm-hmm. you know, I could I could end up figuring out how to draw this. That's very cool. Plus, I plus yeah. I have it tattooed on my arm hey. so, um 
Although I'm, I, I get, I get really pissed off because this is one of my first tattoos, and the guy yeah. forgot to color in the eyes because the eyes are usually red, uh, and I didn't notice it until like months later. I was just like, "Wait, why? That's why that looks weird. He didn't color in the eyes." And at that point, I'm just like, "I'm not going back to say color in the fucking eyes. I'm just whatever. It's fine." Oh, <laughs> uh, but I so, love the uh, scare again. Uh, I actually, I thought that. Uh, he first showed up on the live ship into Purge box set, but he actually showed up on the 1992 Live at Wembley single. Uh, oh, interesting. Was, yeah, so he's not actually that. That wasn't his first appearance. The uh, live ship into Purge box. I, I do know in the early 90s, a lot of the, a lot of stuff that Metallica put out, you would sometimes see these doodles from James just randomly yeah. on them. And so I'm guessing that's how it came about, where he just he just put that and they put it on. I guess I guess it caught on, and then eventually I guess they put it on shirts, and then. But the first time I think I remember seeing it was live shit because the stencil it had the stencil in it and everything. Yeah. So once again, number eighteen, the Chris Star from Danzig. Yeah. Isn't this just on one album? This is just on one Danzig album. You know. I think you're right. Is it is is that right? Hang on, Danzig albums. Okay, so it says they used it in Samhain as well. I mean, it's it's a very memorable album image. I'll give it that. Yeah, but even um, then, if it's only the if it's only the debut, can it really be considered a mascot? Yeah, I'm, the, I'm, uh, I, I suppose. Ah, uh, I I see. Ah, uh, here's the here's the little footnote at the bottom. Though though Christar has retreated into hiding and hasn't been on on an album since '88, the skull icon <laughs> is joined at Danzig's hip and waist as a belt buckle, only needing um, two album appearances to make a lifelong impact. Got I it. See. All right, fine. But um, my favorite thing about this is that um. Back when I was younger, there was a band in Austin that was called Gomez. They were like a pop punky kind of band. Yeah. And their their only album is styled exactly like that, only it's Yoda. No and, way. Uh, yeah. That's... And I, I always really liked that. Because that's also, we're talking mid-90s. I was probably 95, maybe. And yeah. around that time, if you were into Star Wars, you were fucking cool. Yeah. And then very quickly it became you're a douchebag. But you know, it's for a little while there, it was nice. That's why, yeah. that's why, like, you know, it's such a big deal. Like, uh, you, you know, it's, it's I, for, for younger people, you go and watch like clerks and you're just like, oh, they're, they're just like everybody else. They're making Star Wars references. No, they, nobody did that prior to mm -hmm. that. Um, I don't remember hearing a, a real like Star Wars conversation in a movie prior to clerks. And mm. that was around the time that me and my friends were always talking about things like Star Wars. So. You, you want to know a crazy fact I found out recently while we're on the subject of Star Wars? Yeah. Did you did you know the last uh, guillotine execution was carried out the same year? Uh, well, last guillotine execution in France was carried out in 77, the same year as Star Wars. How fucked no. is that? How crazy is that to think about that, that kind of timeline? There was a <laughs> guillotine execution in the 70s. In, in France. I wonder yeah. what they did. I wonder. I mean, I, well, they cut his head off for a start. To be, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, 
that's that's a way that's a way more rewarding ending uh you know if like if you're if you're like the family of a victim or something and yeah. you get to go and watch the execution i would rather a guillotine over an electric chair or gas chamber or injection mm. like i want to see a motherfucker's head get cut off if they've done something to somebody like my family or something guillotine yeah. is the way to go yeah and then play catch football with his head Rock and roll. <laughs> or that or that or that too. Um, all right, let's move on. Set number 17, the man with the iron mask from Quiet Riot. Now that was used on several albums, so I'm gonna give that. And uh that's pretty iconic though. The Quiet it, it, Riot it guy. Yeah. He, I'm pretty sure he's he's on like all of their albums apart from like one, but and I know he's definitely on the first three. Yeah, it's a it's a cool looking. There's, yeah, cool there's three looking album Moscow. covers I can definitely see in my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool mascot. I mean, it's not it's not a painting as far as I can tell. No. It's it, it's a photo. Speaking but, of speaking of that, I got to get that other Quiet Riot album. The third one. What's it called? The third uh, one? three. Or is it the? <laughs> yeah, that is the that is the one. Is that the yeah, one that has that song that I like so much on it? The Wild and the Young. Wild, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that's a great song. And Love I remember one. it had another cover song on it, too. Like, they tried to do another Come On, Feel the Noise. Oh, it was Mama, We're All Crazy Now. Oh, that was on Condition Critical. That was on the one before it. So that was... Wait, so is Metal Metal Health is their first album? Metal Health's their third album, but it's the one... It's the first one where people paid attention to them. Because there, so there's when, two albums... Is Condition Critical before Metal Health? No, no, that's after. Then why is the, why is there an album called Three? Wait, what? I'm really right. I'm really okay. confused. Okay, so Quiet Riot did two albums in the seventies when they had Randy Rhodes on guitar. Um, okay, that's what I thought. All right, so which which are affectionately called Quiet Riot and Quiet Riot Two. <laughs> got it. That makes sense, right there. So uh, tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna get up there. Uh, their yeah, discography a moment. Okay, so. Uh, okay, Quiet Riot 1 and 2 both came out in um, 1978, so double... Oh, so did I. Yeah, it, cool, yeah. <laughs> I came out in 1978. So, yeah, what one was one was March 2nd, and 2 was December 2nd. No way, that's my birthday, March 2nd. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> I was born the same day as, as which album, the first one? Yeah, but only in Japan. That, that's all right. I mean, I came yeah. out in America only. <laughs> um, that's uh, um, that's pretty great. I was born the same day as Quiet Riot to a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that's pretty great. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, but but like it's it's wild that there's like a five year gap. Then like they they put out two albums in 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 a single year. Yeah, and there's a five year gap. But if I remember of- right, if I remember right, I think that's in that book. There's that book I read, which is called Nothing But a Good Time. I think they covered a little bit of that, where I think they literally were trying out all these different people that were different members of the band during that period before yeah. they kind of rebooted or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it yeah, it's a crazy one. Um so wait, yeah. so what's so what's their third album called? Uh <laughs> which third album do you mean <laughs> the third album they put out in, uh, in, like um, in, in chronologically so, so it goes quiet right quiet right too in the metal health got it okay and then and then condition critical 
which is the one where he's on a stretcher. What the f- <laughs> what the f- <laughs> what the fuck's going on with this? Hey, how do I make balloons happen? <laughs> We're learning all kinds of cool stuff. This is just a part of the show now. This is incredible. I don't even know. For those of you who are listening as a podcast, Zoom is doing these things now. Last episode, I did like a weird thumb thing and it gave a thumbs up. But now I was <laughs> counting on my fingers and it just sent up a bunch of balloons. That like that truly is. Is that, is that how you do it? That's how you do what it? If, what if I try this? Is it working yet? We're just we're just doing middle fingers. <laughs> nope, nothing. Shit. Okay. Is that the right way to do it? Like I've always thought, you know, this and then you put your thumb in between them like a little penis. I have no idea, but that's delightful. That is that well, is. Well, how do you do it if you ever do what? that? I I I yeah, just that. Like that. So it's no, there's no. But I've always thought you do that, and it's like a little uh, little. It's a thick potentially a, thick, a little thick dong in there. Like a little chode, chode sitch going this are, this on. Yeah. Are, we're doing the, what do we even call that? Because it's not the middle finger. It's the. It's the v, v for, I don't know. V for victory. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that, that's that one. That's this one. This yeah. is the V for go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, what do we, yeah. So balloons came up. That was fun. Anyway. All right. Metal health <laughs> is number three. Yep. Condition, Condition critical is number four. And then number uh, three is number five. Yeah, Quiet Riot 3 is 5, the fifth album. <laughs> I just love how that reads. Quiet Riot 3 is the fifth studio album released. By- <laughs> so did they did they did they call it that because was there another change in lineup like is it Mock Mock 3, you know it's, like a like a deep purple kind of so. thing? Uh, I think this is one of those things where it's almost kind of like Faith No More where it, the first two albums are a different set up to yeah. the the remaining you know you know so but interestingly you get quiet right three and then 1988 they go oh well we've got a new singer uh we'll just call it quiet riot <laughs> uh, well wait they had they had oh shit i lost the fucking article we were looking at it went away um they hold on they put out that many albums in the 80s they put out they put out four in the 80s uh the last one being called Q R, uh, and it had it had a different singer. Uh, oh yeah, Paul Shortino is the singer. I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard that one. It, he's he's um, he was from Rough Cut. Um, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, they're cool, little, cool, little, cool singer. We're gonna get to Quiet Riot too. That'll be one that we get to. Uh, there is one called Terrified. Uh, which came out in 1993. Okay. Uh, and th- that sees the return of um, the man in the iron mask. Uh, and then down to the bone in 95 alive and well. Yeah. I think, I think from then on it, the, uh, the iron mask is pretty much present for the rest of them. All right. We gotta, we gotta go through the rest of this list. Cause it keeps giving me ads. Fuck, okay. loud, Loudwire is so fucking lame. Just gonna throw that out there. Every time I've ever gone to look at Loudwire, it's just all kinds of ads popping up everywhere. Um, number sixteen, uh, Korgel from the Voivod, which I I like that one, mm. um, but I also really like Voivod. But I've always liked because um, that's designed by Away, the drummer, 
and mm. he he's done i think he's he may have done all of the artwork on all of their albums as well and yeah i always really liked his style because it's almost like crude sci-fi and i really yeah especially now that we've gotten way further into you know artwork being so perfect all the time and everything it's the the crude sci-fi thing is still i don't know it still does it for me because i yeah, I, I love, love the sci i love the sci-fi movies like star wars where like all of the ships are like dusty and rusty yeah. and like that's the best sci-fi to me i don't want super sparkly sci-fi yeah i don't want like squeaky clean i, I you know i want something to look like it's been in quite a few you know scuffles you know yeah. like it's just taken off from a, a dusty ass planet that's covered in shit you know yeah. that's what i love that's what i love about the millennium falcon is just a it's such a crazy design but also it looks weathered you know yeah yeah it's got that yeah yeah i'm with you on that i i definitely I, i'm a fan of that kind of weathered sci-fi look all right the next one uh set abomine abomini uh, is the it's not only iced earth's mascot but the subject of a prophetic tale that has been told across three albums as well as an ep um, right that's that's also pretty lame um, <laughs> that that shouldn't be anywhere in this list that is that's very lame <laughs> what, what are they going to put next the fucking man of war album cover after this jeez <laughs> Sergeant oh, D. Sergeant D. Um, I yeah, I, I I don't love Sergeant D, but I it's cool. Yeah. Um I have a yeah, weird relation. Pretty- I have a weird relationship with that album. And yeah. I think I've probably talked about it before. And it's only because like I really I really hate that they ever did anything else under the name SOD. Mm. I I wish that they had just put out that album and then let it live. And that was it because doing anything else with it, it started to give it this air of legitimacy. And all of a sudden it didn't seem like a joke anymore. And I think so many people that hear this album don't think that it's a joke. (laughs) And I'm (laughs) like, it is, it's, a joke it's not so i don't know but so but but you take that out of context and you you make it into oh it's a band it has a dvd and a live album and another album that just makes you go oh, okay now it's now it's not as cool anymore but that's mm. just my opinion who the fuck am i but i just you know i love this album nothing after this i just love the fucking what was what's that track what's what's that noise I just said <laughs> what, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck's that noise? And they keep trying to play, and it's just like fucking. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, uh, the, I mean, the best, the best one is the fucking. What is it called? The Ballad of Jimi Hendrix yeah. or whatever. Bah, 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 but you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. I love that. Um, all right, Black Sabbath. The Henry the Fall. I didn't know he had a name. Henry the Fallen Angel. From Black Sabbath, I like that one. Yeah, it's yeah, almost it's cool. it's it's almost like the inverse of like the Swan Song Led Zeppelin thing. Only this yeah. is the demonic version of that. He's kind of classy too. Like this, this looks like this looks like the sophisticated man's metal mascot. You know, 
It's got like yeah. an air of um, class to it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, they they keep saying that they're going to be, I think this year, putting out, uh, re- reissuing the 80s Sabbath albums. Thank God. I want a vinyl copy of Headless Cross ASAP. Yeah, I, I, I'd like Headless Cross. I'd all, I, I, only, I'm, I almost hope that they do everything through the 90s. Yeah. Uh, just because I would like to have a lot of those, really. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, yeah, that's a good one. 13, uh, uh, tw- number 12 is Knucklehead, knucklehead five and finger. Five Finger Fruit Punch. And <laughs> that is lame. Because it uh, literally looks like an amalgamation of a whole bunch of other metal mascots, and they couldn't really come up with an original idea. It, so it it's always like, it, it always made me think of um, the the Never Say Die album cover. Oh but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, but just like two thousandsified to the point where it's like. You know that like two thousands rock aesthetic where it's like yeah, Avenged Sevenfold did a little bit of it as well, where it's like it's like cartoonish, but it's like kind of comic booky, but it's also yeah. kind of it also it's kind of cheeseball, and I feel like that amalgamated into probably my least favorite era of album art. I'm not gonna lie, and that's yeah. not that's not a slight against comics. That's just you know it's the fact that. It just—it's just made to look so edgy, and it—it doesn't—it just doesn't hit for me. It doesn't land. I—I I much prefer stuff like, you know, the Iron Maiden and and Megadeth album covers that are like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I—I'd even take it, one of my favorite album covers, and I can't explain why is. Uh, probably because of that weathered sci-fi look is um so far so good so what i love that yeah. album cover and so many people think it looks lame and cheap yeah. and i'm like i'm like that's why i like it you know it's this like I, weird outlier album in their original yeah. thrash era like i know of course you had the debut was cheap as fuck but that has an aura all of its own but you've got these two ed repka ones and this mm-hmm. like weird star warsy one that's sandwiched between these two iconic covers and i i think i think that's really the cool. problem i think the problem is is in between those two like iconic album covers yeah and the so far so good so what one is cool but it's not in the same way that the other two no. are cool yeah it's 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 got a different aesthetic to it you know yeah um and i and i think please tell me okay okay at least <laughs> at least the overkill logo is above the Avenged Sevenfold logo because the Avenged Sevenfold yeah. logo is a straight rip <laughs> which one, of which the overkill. One's which? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> straight up, yeah. Um, Once again, this literally just looks like that, like tattoo art that's on the wall, and you go to the shop and you're like, I'll have that one on the wall, and it's yeah. just a skull with bat wings. Mm. So. So I, I love the fact that Avenged Sevenfold have come around and become a band that I'm now interested in because their last album was so cool. So now I'm just like, all right, well, they they had to go through their pretty lame phase in order to get to where <laughs> they are now. Um, and that's hmm. just, it's a pretty lame mascot. The, 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 the not man should be well above these that we're looking at right now. 
I think, uh, and this is this is not because you know I, I'm not pulling the boomer energy card. I legitimately think the death bat is so similar to Chaley. Is it the overkill one? Yeah. I I think it, it for all intents and purposes it is a very recognizable image and for its era it is an icon that is emblematic of the 2000s into the 2010s popular metal stuff. I do think it deserves credit and I think it should be on this list. However, I don't think it should be above the likes of Scary Guy and um I I just yeah and not man shouldn't as well. be above the not... Black Sabbath one or no. I mean there's or the Voivod those should all be higher up than this. yeah and then you got the I, next one us uh, I don't know how to pronounce that from Sodom the Sodom sort of military looking guy yeah um which is okay it's you know I always thought uh he kind of shared similarities to um. OD. Um, yeah, well, from but 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 Sacred from Sacred Reich. Reich. But did OD come out? Was uh, was Sodom first? I, it, I think Sodom might have been first, but I'm I'm not one hundred percent sure. Um, yeah, the the real question is: Is OD on here? Um, so Charlie or Ch- Charlie? Charlie? Charlie yeah. bit me. Oh, um, Charlie! 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 Uh, Overkill is number nine, which yeah. it's it's a skull with bat wings, which comes but very he did close it first. to the other skull with bat wings. <laughs> so, <laughs> which honestly, like in 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 the eighties, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that it, the artwork, uh, especially because they're doing the under the influence, um, yeah, artwork, which is pretty cool. I like that artwork. Um, <laughs> Roy, <laughs> I love that the children of Bodom at mascot's name is Roy, um, and uh, yeah, and it's a it's the Grim Reaper, Roy, yeah. Roy the Grim Reaper. Talk about not being imaginative at all. Yeah, um, that's okay. I'm just, I'm not even going to give that any more time. Uh, creator, Violent Mind. So once once again, has that mascot been on multiple creator albums or just that one? I'm not sure. Uh, it's made its first album appearance on Coma of Souls in 1990. Okay. Okay. Three he's, consecutive he's also- album covers: Violent Revolution, Enemy of God, and Hordes of Chaos. Okay, so yeah. it's been on a few album covers. I think um, if it makes, I think if it makes repeat appearances on album covers and, and merch, it can be considered a mascot. I, I do I, like this one. I like the idea of the weird, ghoulish-looking guy, but then his brain is open, and you can see, yeah, you know, all this chaotic shit going on inside of it. Yeah. Okay. The the guy disturbed. <laughs> I feel I feel the same way about the guy as I do the five finger death punch one, but I do like the guy more. This is better than five finger death punch, but uh, abso- absolutely. But yeah, for sure, I, I I do like the guy, uh, but I like the guy in the way a twelve year old might see Ghost Rider and think, ah, oh, that guy's on fire. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, and, but I know I I feel like I've seen this mascot on all kinds of disturbed albums. So I I I think that they continuously use him. So that makes sense. Okay, hang on. That can't be the best version of Jack O' Lantern by Halloween. <laughs> so this is so the only reason I really is this. Does he normally have Judge Dredd's outfit on? Because that's literally Jack O' Lantern from Halloween. But yeah, he's dressed up as Judge Dredd. Is that correct? I I guess I I mean I'm, I'm no expert, but it looks like it. Okay. Surely the fucking hang, pumpkin. Hang on. Hang on. Once once, oh, once again, that doesn't take very much brain power to be like, hey, we're called Halloween. Okay, it's just gonna be a pumpkin man. All right. Thanks for the two seconds it took you to think of that. I tell um, you what though, it's a it's a bitch to look up on Google because I've typed in Jack O' Lantern Halloween and it's just showing me pumpkins. <laughs> not <laughs> it's like did you mean halloween jack-o'-lantern no i fucking didn't <laughs> it's really hard to explain why <laughs> that's the one thing i want them to update because so many times it doesn't let you say no like did you mean this no, i want to be able to click a button that says no i did not mean that just yeah. so i can search for what i want to search for it's a it's a fun it's a it's fun i guess i don't know yeah, it's it's just kind of it's giving nightmare before Christmas. Uh, no, nightmare. No, is it nightmare? Before, yeah, I'm having a brain melt. What? Nightmare before Christmas. Is it nightmare? Oh, before oh Ske- Jack Skeleton. Yeah, Jack Skellington. Yeah, Skelling. Oh, is it Skelling? I oh, fuck. I don't know. I'm proud yeah. to not really know that movie. Um, it's a fun film. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. But it it definitely got co-opted by the uh, emos. <laughs> but it is it is a fun movie. It is a fun movie. Yeah. Um. Uh. Number what do we four. got here? Uh, Murray, Murray Murray Dio. From Dio. He's again, pretty cool. Is he on more than one album cover? Yeah, he's on Last in Line. He's on quite a few. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. He's really pretty badass. It. I'm not gonna it's, lie. It's it's a pretty cool, but I like it just because it's like the painted album art, and it looks yeah, it looks nice. It's a nice album or uh, metal album image. Eighties uh, painted album art is it, when it comes to heavy metal. It's just it it fits it perfectly. You know? I mean, there's a lot of people doing it now again, especially in death metal. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that Thrash gets on board because Thrash Thrash has been Thrash needs to really get it shit together because there are some bands that are doing it really well, but a vast majority of them that are still, that they still can't get out of the screamy pizza thrash. And hmm. I'm just like, yeah, let's move away. Let's move away from that. Yeah. Um, what, what's that re- band? Sorry. Sorry. I was just going to say, what's that band? Blood incantation. That's the band I've seen using like 70s sci-fi art. Have you seen this? This band? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I fucking love that because it 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 has that vibe to it again. And yeah, you know, I I I don't know if this affects everybody, but f- for me, I, I think it's good to have an image paired to an album because for oh, some yeah. reason, yeah, like I don't know, man. I I wouldn't necessarily say I've ever had an album ruined by a bad album art but i've definitely had an album enhanced by good album art you yeah. know 
I agree. Um, yeah, um, the number three mascot 100% deserves to be in the top five. Yeah, Snaggletooth. Um, Sna- Snaggletooth from Motorhead. That's Hell yeah. iconic and has been used on all shitloads of, of Motorhead shit, so that counts yeah. as a mascot. Uh, number two, Vic Rattlehead. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I like Vic Rattlehead. He's, he's fucking great. Yeah. Um, but there, there's only one left. So I'm assuming it's Eddie. Yeah. Eddie's number one. Oh, thank so, you. <laughs> and no, Eddie the Ed. Yeah. Um, but both of those are iconic and great, but they're both still very sort of like, hi, we're, I'm skull guy, you know? Yeah. And, and I like them, but I don't I, know, dude. I fucking love Vic Rattlehead. I, yeah, I, I do too. But now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, like who was left off of here, and who whose mascot do I actually really like? Well, Od. Oh yeah, Od's not on here. But you can no. make the same. You could say the same thing about Od. Od is just a. Like a skull, well, not really a skull, but you know what I'm saying, like a yeah, early looking dead dead soldier guy. Yeah, I um, suppose. But I do like I do like OD quite a bit. But they used, I feel like they only used OD on like three albums. I don't know. I think maybe he's been like in on, on other stuff. I feel like I should know this anyway. Yeah, these are these are good. These are fine. These mascots are fine, but I uh I definitely think that um not man and scary guy should definitely be way higher up than they are. They should be in the top ten. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh right. well that that wraps that little one up. <laughs> so some something else I wanted to touch on. Oh was, shit! Okay, I love that okay. you came prepared. Well, I, I, I this was a spur of the moment thing that I've had on my mind for a while now, and you and I are deep down the metal hole. You, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, you are familiar with Encyclopedia Metalum, the metal archives, right? That- 100 percent. I, I, I owe. Whenever there's like a brand new band that doesn't have much of a web presence, I know I can get some details over on Encyclopedia Metalum. So, mm-hmm. well, I got to thinking people can leave reviews on things. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking we, you know, have a look at maybe like bad reviews of good albums that, and oh, shit. Could, I, oh, I just, my I, God. I feel like that could be, that could be a fun fun idea that, that all right could, could yield some results you know maybe maybe we could have a look at uh how do we okay. how do how do we know what has a bad review how can we do this well you go to a band's page uh for example i've got metallica right here uh and i've just oh, thought this is great yes i'm gonna look at ride the lightning and i'm gonna click on the reviews and i'm gonna see like someone has the audacity to call Ride the Lightning a poor follow-up album and give it a 64%. Dude, there's a lower one, though. Okay. Uh, there's, a, there's a 44% by somebody calling themselves the Roman shitlord. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to need to get my glasses for this, but, you know. Okay. Uh, oh, man. 
All right, so are we doing uh, a poor follow-up right. album or ride the reputation? Let, let's let's find the lowest review for like widely loved metal albums. Okay, so we're, so this was oh this is so here's the thing, this is a review from 2023. Oh so, shit! So so really like his his name should be the Roman Edge Lord because I think this is what we're getting we're probably gonna get here where these younger people just like I don't understand why this is good. <laughs> uh, it's not pig pig squealing grindcore uh, dro- de- death doom shit. Mm. <laughs> anyway, do you want to read this or do you want me to read this? Let, let's uh, take turns. Let's take turns on paragraphs like we're at school. Okay. And, um, I'll, I'll do the first paragraph and then I'll lead you into the second one. <laughs> the, the Roman shit lord writes. If you're I love going this to... right out of the gate. Like... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's got his Ride the Lightning shirt on. If you're yep. going to see any shirts of a Metallica album, it's going to be this one. It's got an awesome cover art. And I think putting it to a shirt design is a no-brainer. Take a shot every time you see this in public and you'd be dead within a few hours. <laughs> I'd almost call it poser bait if Metallica wasn't the most basic bitch metal band you could get. <laughs> but I digress. So that right there is funny to me because the amount of truly basic bitch metal bands, when you say Metallica is the most... Like, I understand that there are way more extreme, way more experimental um bands but if you're overlooking all this other bullshit to call them the most basic bitch band that's one of two things is happening here one this is a dude that only knows about 10 metal bands two (laughs) this is a dude that has decided to put on the uh the new the uh, the newbie metalhead starter jacket Mm -hmm. um which has all the right patches on it and he knows that (laughs) In order for people to take him seriously as a metalhead, you gotta say shit about Metallica. You gotta be, <laughs> and so I'm just like, that's the so not liking Metallica is one thing, but calling them like, you know, one of the worst bands or or the most basic bitch metal band, that right there loses so much credibility, and it's like, well, you don't, you're a complete moron. Okay, <laughs> already, already <laughs> right out of the gate. This person is a fucking moron. The Roman shit lord. All right, paragraph two with uh, Eddie Sparks. Okay. As for the actual music, Ride the Lightning is a fair bit of a development from Kill em All, especially given the short gap between the two albums. It's significantly less punky and more melodic, with more variation in songwriting ideas. It's instantly more recognizable and, dare I say, more memorable in that department, given that Kill em All reused a lot of riffing tropes throughout the runtime. There are still vestiges of punk left, but through and through, this is a pretty solidly more metal experience. Every song has its own identity, less keen on developing mosh pits and more keen on giving quality, memorable riffing, and with more focus on songwriting. Whoa, so, whoa, how do so they do? If you, just take, if you just take that paragraph, I'm 100% behind you, because okay. that is that is actually what it is. Oh, okay, so you the next part you had said, so how did they do? Yeah. All right, next paragraph. The results here are fairly mixed overall. Opener nah. Fire, Fire with Fire <laughs> is on the short list for title of Metallica's best song. The the aggression from Kill em All has been turned up to 12. Um, why 12? Um, uh, bringing Metallica's fastest song yet. 
that's kept tight by a deceptively simple yet heavy riff. And it's not one-dimensional either. There's a crazy solo that still has little bursts of melody shining through before being taken and dragged under the riffage on display here. Then the title track comes on and something is made clear very quickly. Metallica don't really know how to write slower songs. What? Jesus fucking Christ. It's not out of complacency like it would be in their later years it's more a sense of naivety and inexperience these riffs are supposed to hit hard and heavy but just fall flat even in the the melody department while there's no shortage here most of the riffs are still missing that final little je ne sais quoi quoi. very very nice Um, to push them over the greatness over to greatness. They lack a certain type of energy that thrash or even just metal of this variety requires not working on the record, nor do they work live. Okay. The same goes for the eternally hailed from the bell tolls and the divisive escape. Why did he skip so many songs? Oh, cause he's talking about the slower ones. The title mm-hmm. track definitely fares the best out of those three from the bell tolls content to plot along on the same riff for five minutes and escape seeing Metallica veered to the wrong side of pop metal, which it's, it's absolutely, there's nothing poppy about that fucking song. Mm. Um, like the, is it because it, you, they use major chords in the, in the chorus? Is that what, why people's panties are in a twist? Yeah. Um, like the worst trend hopping of Judas priest, which the best Judas priest is the shit where they got a little bit more, more, uh, Dare I say it, Poppy? So I I can't get over the fact that this person is reviewing this album like they just heard it now after hearing a dozen modern metal albums that have just completely been ripping shit off that other bands have done. So he's Mm. not he really should have started his whole thing off being like, look, I'm a complete noob. I haven't heard a whole lot of albums but I've got some opinions and I know how to write complete sentences. Please hear me out. And then I would be like, got it. So uh, next, next paragraph. Well, okay. Let's, let's hop in. Fade to black is almost comical. This is Metallica's first ballad. And while they would eventually produce a classic in that department, if you're curious, it's one, uh, they still have to hone that skill in. One is, as- one is not, one is not a ballad. I'm 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 putting my fucking foot down. One is <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> nah. As such, this song is rough. It's communicated with all the subtlety of a brick wall. Acoustic guitars are overwrought and sappy with actual riffs and underwritten and overstretched. Above all, the whole performance comes off as pretentious. Somehow even the lyrics are communicated in a way that just feels off mostly appearing to come from a background of someone who hasn't actually been down that pathway. Actually, uh, like, he has. Like, like this guy talking about metal. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, as, as such, these lyrics seem excessively direct and even derogatory at times, failing to give respect to that subject at hand. This guy doesn't know the backstory of Fade to Black. Uh, Fade to Black was written by a very depressed James Hetfield after all of their gear was stolen. Yeah. trying to make it as a band. I'm not going to lie. If you spent that much on gear and it all fucking went away, you'd be pretty upset. I, I, I 
Garen fucking to you. If anybody actually out there knows this person, let me know if I'm wrong. I guarantee fucking to you. This motherfucker not only is not in a band has never touched an instrument or written a song. He may own a guitar and can do some chugging on the D, <laughs> but, uh, but I guarantee, I guarantee you this motherfucker has no clue what it's chugging to someone's be, D to be. <laughs> There's no clue what it takes to be in a band or write songs. If because if he did, he wouldn't be writing half of the shit that he was writing. Like that's yeah. the thing. So yeah. Uh over to you for the next uh paragraph. Oh, thankfully the rest of the album fares a quite bit better. Each of the three remaining tracks doing something different. The aforementioned trapped under ice. He didn't from he didn't mention that earlier. Um, so fuck you. It was not aforementioned. Um uh, shows the last vestiges of uh, sorry of punk and speed metal. I did I hate it for some reason. I did not want to say the word vestiges. It's just I'm exhausted with that word. Um, it's a decent. Oh wait, okay, whatever. It's a decent, albeit unremarkable thrasher made for the pit. The final two tracks show perhaps the most potential of any of the tracks of the album. Creeping death for its heaviness and the call of Cthulhu for its melodies. Both are stretched long, especially Cthulhu, but they do contain the best examples of what Metallica would expand upon. In some ways you could even describe these tracks as what ifs seeing as Metallica do heavy and melody right here, but are for the most part, unable to capture the magic for the rest of the album. Okay. Okay. Uh, here's something I, I, I have, I take issue with uh, the production is fine. It's fairly trouble heavy, but I still think everything has room to shine. I, I it, this album never struck me as trouble heavy. If anything, it, it struck me as quite, you know, oomphy and mid rangey. Like, I think what he, I think what he means is that there's not a huge clicking double kick drum that's louder <laughs> than everything else in all of the fucking music, which is like most modern metal. That's what he means. Because of this and the bass tone, the high bass parts can get buried, but for the most part, it's acceptable. For performances, aside from Lars, they're quite tight. Hetfield having the right arm of the century, Burton providing plenty of complex low end, and Kirk providing good leads that complement the riffage. But Lars really is and will always be the albatross around the band's neck. He is a fucking dismal drummer, seeming to barely keep up with any variations in the song. And when he isn't drumming, just plods away endlessly with no variation. I'd say it lets the riffing breathe Ken Owen style, but with Lars's technical inexperience and overall pedestrian arrangement, it's less like he's letting the riffs breathe and more like he's leaving them out high and dry with no support for a thousand miles. Okay, Lars so I, I, helps I'm, arrange the songs. That Yeah, that's fine, but I'm going to give this guy a couple points because he mentioned Ken Owens. And so, okay, maybe he knows a little bit more than I thought. <clears throat> because I always I always equated both those drummers, Ken Owen from Carcass and, and Lars, because they're both drummers that aren't necessarily great, but yeah. for the music, I think that they're perfect because I don't think that either of those bands would benefit from a Mike Portnoy or something. Is it that his name? Mike Portnoy? Yeah. yeah. Um, Mike Portnoy. Somebody like that. I don't think that that, I don't think that's necessarily, but anyway, here's another one of his patches on his metalhead starter kit jacket, which is the, I got to talk about how bad Lars is. Um, Garen fucking teeing you, he's not a drummer, and if Lord's he, not technical, Lord's and if not he a was, technical drummer. If he was, if this guy was a drummer, 
I swear, I guarantee fucking to you, if you put him behind a kit to do the show that Lars does now as a 60 year old man, he could not fucking do it. Hmm. But um, once again, it, it, it is what it is. So oh, this is the last paragraph, huh? Yeah. This review seems complicated because my view of Ride the Lightning is complicated. That's not why. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. I commend Metallica for making such a huge stylistic change in such a short time frame. Okay. But the ex- execution of it, everything is still quite spotty. And Metallica would also develop some very tasty, nasty, nasty habits. habits here that still dog them to this day. At the end of the day, Ride the Lightning isn't really isn't a good album but you still can get some enjoyment of the standout tracks, creeping death and fight fire with fire at the very least. If you consider this a gym, you're in for real treat when you get exposed to the true world of heavy metal. Oh my God. That last sentence gave me douche chills. Oh my God. So that, that is literally a sentence written by somebody who doesn't quite understand. Yeah. Cause if you say things like that to people, you yourself have not been exposed enough yeah. Holy shit, man. I, I, at the end of the day, this is bizarre to me. At the end of the day, Ride the Lightning really isn't a good album. I am I am astonished. Like, if, if anything, I feel like Ride the Lightning is the most universally praised Metallica album next to Master of Puppets. I'm not... I'm not like butthurt or anything, but so, I am in awe that that as a metal fan, you you can't see the quality that this album possesses. All right, so you're able to go to the Roman Shitlord's profile, and the Metal Archives has it correctly. Here are his stats: rank metal newbie, one hundred percent. Age twenty one. It shows. Um, his name is Andrew. Andrew. Give yourself some time and some experience. Um, you're going to come back and you're going to think you were an idiot for writing that review. <laughs> <laughs> or you're never going to learn. And uh, yeah. Anyway, so that was, that was, that was, a uh, that was, it was, it was a well-written, uh, but a not, uh, with a, with very little, what's the word I'm looking for? Insight. It's hmm. not, uh I I appreciate anybody that can write like a long thing that isn't just, you know, a bunch of, you know, cliched terms and poorly written sentences. I I, I give them some points, but um, yeah, it really comes across like a dude that has has just dipped his toe into metal and is now that guy that's like, name three songs. You'll know it when you get more into metal. Um, yeah. Anyway, okay. I've I've I I may have come across another one. Okay, what are we? What am I searching for? You're you are gonna uh, this is this. Well, the title of this review is gonna make your blood boil. We've uh, already I've, we've already covered my favorite album of all time, which is why I was very defensive. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I've I've picked another one. I know that you love. Uh, oh shit! Oh shit! So I've gone for Dirt by Alice in Chains. Oh and shit! Okay. And, and you know it's it's the percentage is sixty nine percent. Hey, I like that percentage. Uh, sixty nine, <laughs> dudes. Uh, right, but let's see. 
It's the 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 Dirt Allison Chains overrated and overappreciated. Well, for a start, he's spelt overrated wrong, so that's bodes well. Um, Where is so, it? Sixty nine percent. Where is it? It's, oh, here we go. It, overrated and overappreciated. So once again, um, this is written by somebody called Metal Won't Die. It calling something overrated. Mm. You might as well already tell everyone your opinion is null and void. Because hmm. that is, yeah. Oh, I don't like it, ju- so it's not good. This re- it reminds always reminds me of that scene. Have you, have you ever seen the movie Hot Rod with uh, Andy Samberg? No, um, actually, I haven't. No. Oh, anyway, it's just like the 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 girl that he wants to be with is, is dating this guy. And I think he drives like a Trans Am or something. And then the very next scene, he's like, you know what? Cars totally overrated. Trans Am. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so it, it, that, that's what the word overrated always makes me feel like you're a, you're a child. Yeah. Like, like I can understand if you don't like something that a lot of people like, that does not make <laughs> it overrated. It makes you uh unique. I'm going to give you that. You're a unique snowflake. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to do you want to read this sixty nine uh, percent review yeah. of dirt? I I'm intrigued as to what someone would have negative to say about this album. You let, you uh, know, now that I now that I know that we can see somebody's stats, let's go look at them. Okay, this person is in their mid thirties. Okay, <laughs> they should know better. Well, to, uh, let let's let's be let's be completely fair. This review was posted on July twenty second, two thousand and nine. So, so, oh, so if so, this was what's the what do do math for me? Thirty four, uh, fifteen years ago. So they would have been nineteen. Oh shit! Okay. Well, ho- I hope that uh, I hope that Aaron, I hope that he has grown up since then uh because this is already looking to be a shit show um, okay. you start this you start the one this one off. okay okay uh alice in chains sophomore release is dirt uh is almost universally overrated and i cannot believe it what the fuck does that sentence a- even mean aaron <laughs> <laughs> Uh, many of Dirt's songs have received it received received. Sorry, that was my bad. That was me fucking it up. Uh, many of Dirt's songs have received extensive radio airplay, like Them Bones, Rooster, and Wood. Dirt is a mix between the slow, gloomy doom of seventies Black Sabbath and the more modern day and the more modern early nineties alternative grunge scene. Alison Chain's outlook on dirt is very dark and bleak, owing most likely to Lane Staley's drug-induced lyrics. Okay. Drug-induced? <laughs> he gave the lyrics drugs? <laughs> uh, okay, not what okay. that word means, sir. No. Uh, so over over to you. You keep you keep the show on the road. The songs range from up-tempo groove groove metal, okay, numbers to the mainly mid-slow tempo grungy doom metal numbers with a lot of focus on strong atmosphere. Dirt's production is done well, placing each instrument clearly in the mix. As said above, Dirt's atmosphere is extremely important to each song's identity, giving a dark, foreboding, helpless feel to every song. Dirt 
has a very melodic edge to it, mainly on the more epic numbers like Rain When I Die, Rooster, and the title track, Dirt. Power chords and eerie held notes make Dirt simplistic and very minimalistic in terms of songwriting and complexity. Uh, I don't have to disagree with you there, dog. Uh, guitar solos are rare and usually melodic. Um, I think every song has a guitar solo, but hey, who the fuck am I? I've just heard the fucking <laughs> album before. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, okay, uh, Lane Staley's vocals are solid, mainly focusing on a mid-range, grungy voice reminiscent of Nirvana's Kurt Cobain minus the annoying quality. Okay, oh, you go love- fuck yourself, Aaron. Yeah, is, yeah, I was, was going to say that's going to set old head off. <laughs> this is not that you just are okay. Yeah, this ain't it, pal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, okay. Now, okay. Now I'm pissed off. Jerry Cantrell's guitar work, for the most part, is either of solid or filler quality, and he provides effective background vocals. Filler. Not one moment of this album is filler, especially in the guitar department. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, Mike Starr's bass guitar is audible for the most of the record and really adds a big deal to Dirt's overall heaviness. Okay, we can agree on that. Sean Kinney's drum work is solid and just enough to pass closer inspection, but far from evolutionary or excellent. Okay, but it it doesn't call for that. This isn't a tech death album. Um, overall, the band members' con- contributions, while mainly solid, could have been much improved upon and far less how, restrained. How? That's the thing. I want this person to explain the songs that he's written that are that could be better than this. There's just Here. not enough sweet picking. <laughs> um, all right, hold on. Let's say uh, Dirt has many factors and elements that weaken the songs. The overall weaken the quality overall and entertainment value of its songs. Many of <clears throat> Dirt's songs are overextended and are very repetitive, especially on the choruses. Dirt is too long, just barely missing the hour mark, and too many songs are present. Dirge could have been reduced to nine or ten songs and to 45 minutes in overall in length for much more effective impact. Iron Gland is under a minute and serves no purpose besides adding another track to the album. I don't think that's why they put it on there, but okay. No. Tom Mariah from Slayer guest vocals, and he should be ashamed of his participation on this song. Oh, this is he's a Slayer stand. Okay. So that, that explains some of it. Um, Dirge's material is far from original and has been done before. What? Before when? Sorry. Uh, on and after much, and after much better in terms of if quality, your fucking writing could be done better. Um, <laughs> next, next, next paragraph, sir. Okay, this is this is incredibly bad. Okay, Dirt is overall a below average album and could have been done much better. Dirt seems to be How given. Do you so- come back. Explain. Yeah. <laughs> Write a better song than Wood. They needed more blast beats. <laughs> yeah. Dirt seems to be given so much credit because of its high rate of singles appearing on rock radios around the country. That is not why. No. <laughs> Talk about not understanding. All right. Good for uh, you, sir. Go ahead. Best best songs are Them Bones, Rooster, Dirt, and Wood. I recommend this album only to fans of grunge rock and alternative metal. Anyone else, please stay away. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, may I do this scoring yeah. system? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, minus 10 points. Uh, wait, is it minus 10 points that he's giving it? Uh, yeah, I think he's subtracting. This is how he got his his rating. Uh, okay, he's subtracting okay. points from 100. 
Okay, minus 10 points, restrained and minimalistic approach to songwriting. Hard disagree on that. Yeah. Uh, 10 uh, minus 10 points overextending songs that are very repetitive especially on the choruses again every song on that song is runs for as long as it needs uh, minus five points overall length of dirt and its songs is too long songs are too long uh, minus three points on iron gland serves no purpose besides as a filler track three points <laughs> Yeah, how did you arrive at that? Yeah. Uh, th- minus three points. Uh, Dirt's material is unoriginal and has been done before much better. Who, how? Show who me did it, a band. Who did it before this? Who who was doing those vocal harmonies? Who was? I doing... mean, there are, there are other bands that did some of the kind of things they were doing, but 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 to this extent and this cohesively, I'm sorry this this guy doesn't know what he's listening to. Yeah, he's, he doesn't. He's He's not, he's not very bright. Um, but one, but once again, I, I, it's it's like it's it's that old it's like that old saying, you know, those those who can't do they critique or whatever, <laughs> because yeah. m- most of the time that's what you're getting. You're getting critiques from people that don't have any firsthand knowledge of what it actually takes to do any of this stuff, mm-hmm. and most of the time also not enough knowledge about all of the other things going on um, and taking things out of context, reviewing an album from 92 in 2009 and saying shit like it had been done before. Um, well, it hadn't, but okay. Oh, I'm, I may have discovered the mother load, my dude. Okay. All right. Let's, I mean, that's, that's, I wish, yeah, I think one, we could do one more. What, what am I looking for? Uh, we're looking for faith. No more angel dust. Uh, and clocking in at a whopping zero percent. Oh my god! Oh, just don't just wait. Why, hold on. God it, damn it! It's titled "A Musical Migraine" by Merciful Sater oh, from okay. from July thirtieth, two thousand and nine. So this is also uh, fifteen years ago. Zero percent. So this person's name is Merciful. Sater. Okay. They are now 30. I don't know if does their age, does their age so if this is if this is 2009, then they were a teenager when they wrote this. They they would have been 15. I would think. So this person says he plays guitar, bass, and does vocals. He's currently in a band called Radiance. Not a metal band, but it doesn't matter. I know it doesn't matter, dude. Okay, I, I can't wait to dig into this fucking his favorite band. So he's he's now this guy does list Alice in Chains as one of his favorite bands, but all all of his other bands are literally just like you're not digging very deep into metal. You know, mm. it's like Hell well Hellstar is a uh, Hellstar's is Hellstar the band from Houston? I think they're from from here, old school metal mm. band. But Sabbath, Maiden, Priest, Merciful Fate, Megadeth, like it's not really very interesting. But that's coming from the guy whose favorite band is Metallica, so don't listen to me. But <laughs> basic bitch. <laughs> but I'm not the moron that gave Angel Dust a zero. Yeah. And uh so um I'm glad he hasn't come to his senses to come and, and delete this because now we can read it. Why don't you start it off? Okay. It escapes me how a band as talented as Faith No More can release a legendary album and then immediately afterward come out with something as crappy as this. 
Granted, they have a penchant for sounding completely different on every new release, but the other Faith No More albums, as well as a lot of Patton's other bands, all seem to be strange and wildly original, and at the same time kick serious ass. Angel Dust just doesn't. How? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How, how, can, how can someone claim... Okay, I'm just going to say this now. Go ahead. Something's not adding up here. Because yeah. the yeah. because the standard deep dive pattern fan, if they're gonna shit on a Faith No More album, it's gonna be the real thing. As far as I've seen in in the wild, because yeah. they're like, ah, he hadn't fully, he you know, still in his blah, blah, blah era, you know. But you know, I I I can't wait. I can't wait, dude. Can I? Can I? I I. I gonna I'm gonna say something. We're gonna get to this eventually, but I I cheated and I skimmed a little bit further, mm. and um, I'm gonna give you a little piece of information that's going to help you understand. Okay. Um, okay. He appears okay. he, appear, he appears to be a homophobe. So um. Uh, okay. Okay. We've we've uh, lost a layer of legitimacy there. Let's uh, uh, let's continue though. The production, okay. the production smothers everything, making it all come together in one bludgeoning wall of noise. Did he like download this from LimeWire? And like, <laughs> yeah, it just sounds a Trojan fucking horse. great. It's yeah. production-wise, it's an improvement from the real thing, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um. Anyway, most of the songs are drenched in synthesizers. That there's okay. And despite of the band's previous accomplishment with sense, this album seems. <laughs> Hang, hang on, what? Right, uh, sorry, I know I cut you off there. <laughs> That's most, okay. Most of the songs are drenched in synthesizers. Have you listened to the previous three Faith No That's, More albums? Yeah. It's like, but he's 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 saying something about it. But despite the band's previous accomplishments with sense, this album seems to use them just for the sake of doing so. Mm. The music is uniformly infested with the mallcore bug. What the fuck does that mean? Oh, fuck Not off. Not to mention okay. the often uh, annoying babbling of Mike Patton, who somehow manages to dispose all of his talent, replacing it with generally insipid shouts, wheezes, and other obnoxious sounds. The guitars tend to employ uninteresting melodies, while the bass attempts to stake out its territory but fails because of the overpowering synths. But why well, this, this I don't guy know what cl- version of the album this dude heard? Like it's he his was defective. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just chiming in uh, with Molecore. Uh, it's this. It's the sort of stuff you'd hear playing in a hot topic. I've never heard anything. I've uh, a. I've I've never associated Faith No More with hot topic ever. So to be to be fair, this guy if if the if the math is correct and the age is correct for the date, he was like fifteen when he wrote this or something. So yeah, I, I was kind of an idiot when I was fifteen. So I honestly I was an idiot up until I was in my thirties. So mm, not this dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. so, sorry, continue. Did, did, yeah. did you? No, no. Did it's, you, it's your turn. Next, next paragraph. Uh, Okay, gone are the oddly disturbing and imaginative lyrics of the real thing. Wrong. Yeah, okay. If anything, that they're more creative. Instead, we're subjected to odes to lazy slobs and old guys too stupid to even reach the first grade. 
that's one song and it's done very effectively but okay there's no real variation between genres which is usually faith no more straight the fuck what this album shit. did he hear <laughs> what album is this girl listening shit. to it ain't it ain't fucking angel it, this is the most this varied is, yet in is, their discography this is this is fucking hilarious i i got right there, there's no real variation between genres, which is usually Faith No More's trademark, and the only actual deviation from primordial Morecore's RV, an even more irritating bit of rambling boredom. There's even some bothersome angst. What the? F- He's acting like it's a fucking Papa Roach album. Like such just, works. Just, just wait. Just wait. We're gonna get to it. Such works of lyrical genius as you're my flavor. Uh, I see where this is going. You're my flavor of the week. I swallow. And the children sing along chorus of the blatantly homosexual. Be aggressive. Leave a pungent aftertaste. Okay. Okay. This guy, I, I think. Yeah. Okay. While inspirations towards the awful modern version of alternative metal manifest in the three days grace precursor, everything's ruined, and the typically new metal like malpractice. Malpractice sounds nothing like fucking new metal. Yeah. If, it really if, doesn't. Like, if any song, like, if I can think of any song that resembles new metal on this album, I would think something like Kindergarten. Like where there's a lot of like kind of vocal deliveries. Oh, you and mean like Epic harmonics. that was on the fucking previous album? Yeah, what yeah. Fucking it, moron, this dude is. If if there's any new metal uh, fucking Faith No More song, it was Epic on the previous album, like you said. Like which, by the way, in oh, fucking hell, hang on, new metal like Malpractice, which by the way also includes infant soothing lullabies. All right, there's a fucking... Oh, oh, they did something different in the song, and he doesn't like it because they yeah. used to do different things in the song, and he doesn't like that they don't do different things in their... This guy is... I really hope he got smarter. Yeah. This is, this is, but this is a really good example of the shit that I deal with on the internet and why it's so frustrating being like a fan of music that just wants to talk about the music I love yeah. because you have other people who are complete you know, dickbags who don't know what they're talking about, but decide that because they can, they need to they need to critique albums that they actually don't really understand and don't have the the knowledge and the I don't know bandwidth to really understand what it is. And I and so and so they bring in shit that they know, like yeah. Mallcore, which I'm just like, that's it's a very 2009 term. I'm guess a term I'm guessing, but yeah. Um, but yeah, this is why I get so frustrated because there's so much of this right here on the internet and on YouTube um, of people that are just they're, they're just talking because they can. And yeah. I'm just like, anyway, go ahead. We're, we're, uh, we still got this rest of this paragraph to go. Yeah. Uh, there's the occasional good moment, like the very beginning of Land of Sunshine. But parts such are... are but such parts are so outnumbered by the bad sections that they seem almost non-existent. B, aggressive. If I wanted to do that, I wouldn't be listening to Angel Dust now, would I? Didn't think so. So okay. he brought up that song again. So yeah. this guy, this guy. So here's the thing that he's he's called himself out. Maybe he's not a homophobe anymore. But yeah, he he's definitely taken a, a offense to. The fact 
there's a song about man on man oral sex on this song, and I yeah, don't like he's... I don't like that. <laughs> so now, I mean, maybe he was closeted. You know, like you know, there's that whole sort of like you know, doth protest too much kind of thing. He, um, and maybe maybe later on in his in his life, he came out. And if you mm-hmm. did, congratulations, sir. Um, live your truth. But um, if your truth is <laughs> yeah, if this is reviews, it. then uh, <laughs> then fuck off and die. Um, <laughs> this album is probably what you'd expect from a cover sporting the title in a pretty cursive font with an elegant swan and a parental advisory sticker both appearing at once. I mean, they didn't put the <laughs> Do you think that they put the parental advisory sticker on there? Um by that, I mean crap, merciless, take no prisoners, crap. How this came after the real thing, I'll never know. But apparently Faith No More realized this wasn't the way to go, I hope, because after this, they put out their most eccentric and eclectic album and one that managed to be the complete opposite of Angel Dust in terms of quality. King for a Day had a noticeable lack of synth, so he doesn't like synthesizers or gay people, apparently. A more acceptable production and no cringeworthy missteps from Mike Patton. I'll stick with the previous album and Angel Dust's follow-up. Thank you very much. Notice he didn't mention anything uh, prior to the real thing, probably because there's a black person in the band. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but there you go, Merciful sat Satire, uh, with yeah. probably one of the worst reviews I've ever read in my entire life. Yeah, this, this, is, this ain't it. This... This screams ignorance. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in so you just to sum that part up of of this episode, um, shut shut the fuck up. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, Not everybody. But I'm just saying, like that. That's the thing I don't really. I, I've never. I do. I don't understand, and I don't. If you're, I don't know. I I don't. I would never I guess I guess this person is is a fan because they like the real thing and they like King for a day. And so mm-hmm. I I guess that's why they would want to write a review if they really felt this strongly against the album but they have they have absolutely no problem with a song referencing eating shit but <laughs> they do have a problem with eating semen so <laughs> um yeah there you go. Uh, that's all you that's all you needed to know about that mm-hmm. so anyway i mean we can't we can't you know it's it, it, it takes all sorts i guess yeah um, and if we didn't have horrible pieces of writing like this then uh there wouldn't be a you wouldn't be able to really see how cranked and ranked is such an amazingly thoughtful and well crafted and researched podcast. Damn Thank right you. we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of, man, a lot of people hate what we do. So, you know, shit. Yeah, well, screw them. Yeah. Where are we now? How long have we been doing this? I don't even know. I, th- I think we've been running the the, the average length. I, I think I've got one more bad review in me. Okay, let's, that, let's do that. Let's do one yeah. more. One more, one more. I'm thinking Risk by Megadeth. Can we read a good review of that? <laughs> yeah. I, I like that album. 
Uh, uh-huh. You know what? Let, let, should, should we end this on a positive? I've seen an 83%, uh, and it says, oh, grow up, children. <laughs> so oh, okay. I'm, okay. I like this. Let's do okay. this. Hold on. Let's, Megadeth, let's finish Megadeth, on a high Megadeth. note. Megadeth. I think we've birthed a new spinoff on this show. The read read reviews. Uh, yeah, I don't know what. I can't think of a good title. You're gonna have to do that. Uh, it's uh, oh, grow up, children. It says. Uh, oh, oh, like for the show. <laughs> hold, uh, hold on, but there is one that's ninety three percent. Oh, oh, okay. What does it say? What does it say? It says ranking. It, well, risking is my business. From 2009. Okay. Man, so many of these are from like 2009. The Grow Up Children is from 2007. I mean, we can do either one. I think we should go for the highest one, though. Okay. Uh, well, I, how, how about this? You read yours, and I'll read mine. I, I think oh. we'll shine a positive light on a unfairly maligned album. Okay. And do you want to go okay. first, then? Yeah, yeah. Um so this isn't thrash or even. Oh, this is by Leonard, uh, from August ninth, two thousand seven. Let's look up Leonard. Leonard's profile. He's now thirty six. So this would have been once again. He was a teenager. Yeah. Um, well, uh, well, he, he would have been twenty. Uh, sixteen years. No, it wait, says, no, nineteen. It, it still Sorry. says metal newbie. So I'm assuming he hasn't done very much on this. Uh, on this um, app. Anyway, good <laughs> app. I wish it was an app. There should be a metal encyclopedia metal app. I would love that. Damn right. Uh, so this isn't thrash or even heavy metal. That doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. The people who think non-thrash equals shit need some lessons in logics. Uh, because the only thing that can truly ruin an album is the song material, not the genre. This Amen. is a guy with a, this is a guy with a brain. Yeah. The question is whether there is bad material on this album, and my answer is, yes, there is, but not a lot of it. The only song which really doesn't do it for me is Insomnia, simply oh, because like the lyrics like suck and simply because the lyrics suck and the music is too much of the same riff over and over again. Now, he's he's allowed to not like a song, but yeah. he 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 is presenting a very fair review here. N- yeah. Now, I like other music next to metal. So it really doesn't hurt me that there's no snarls or heavy riffs present. The reason why I like Megadeth in the first place is Dave Mustaine's voice and his lyrics. Therefore, there's nothing which will stop me from liking Wanderlust. I'll be there for you, Time, Crush'em, and The Doctor's Calling. Why? Because these are good, honest rock songs with excellent vocals, melodies, and solos. I just can't understand why people are comparing this album with NSYNC and Ashley Simpson because it's way too heavy to sound anything like it. Rock doesn't equal soft. Megadeth never was an all-thrash metal act. Uh, Megadeth is Dave Mustaine with his inner demons and political opinions, whether the guy is thrashing out or dancing to Russian folk songs. Like I said before, apart from Insomnia, there are no bad songs. My personal favorite is Wanderlust, which I rank in my top 10 of best Megadeth songs. Honest rock, good lyrics, which remind me of Clint Eastwood cowboy movies and wonderful vocal lines. <laughs> if you are open-minded enough and like the softer songs from cryptic writings, you shouldn't have any problems with this album at all. If you keep whining about the fact it isn't heavy at all, go listen to Slayer. Now there's some overrated man. Uh, or some cor- he, said, or- he said overrated. He ruined he- it. He, he, I wouldn't say he's ruined it, but he did lose a point for yeah. the overrated. 
or some corpse grinding black slash death act. However, if you are open to quality, soft music, you'll be able to like it well enough. And I think that is, that is someone I would happily have a drink with. That is someone I could hang with. Yeah. Okay. Um, Your turn. Your your turn to shed some light um, on risk. Ninety three percent from the blacksmith, and yep. he uh, right now it says he's thirty three. He's from the okay. UK. He's from the UK. Um, but he does say my reviews are shite. So I don't know. So if this <laughs> so this would have been also when he was a teenager, unless he was thirty at the time. I don't know. I, I, if anybody has um, knows how that works, like do you sign up and enter your date of birth and then it your age increases because I'd like to know was this written by a 30 year old or a 15 year old? Because that's, it's a different, it's a very different review then. Hmm. All right. Uh, Risking is my business and business is good. The original plan was to review Megadeth's albums in chronological order, but I simply had to get this one out of my system. The common misconception about risk is that even Dave himself hates it, but anyone who knows anything would know that this is false. And I quote from the liner notes of the remastered version of the album. I still contend this was a great record, but it's not what Megadeth fans expected to hear. I mean, if he thought it was a great record, he wouldn't have fucked it up on the remix. So um, <laughs> as true as that statement was, the album certainly has its handful of diehard fans, one of them being me. Uh, but he also likes Poison and thinks Pantera were better as a glam band. I mean, I, I like Poison. I don't think Pantera were better as a glam band. But, you know, we can't meet up on everything. Hmm. Um, what does he know? Yeah. Uh, granted, but if you only like Megadeth for their he- heavier thrash sound, the chances are you gave up on the band long ago anyway, so you might as well just stop reading this now. Go grab Rust in Peace and thrash your heart out now. Do it now. <laughs> of course, it's a it's ludicrous to state that the only reason so many people looked down upon Risk was because they were narrow-minded thrashaholics, but there's no denying that there would have been a lot of people who were like that. After the half-assed snooze fest that was Cryptic Writings, I agree with that as well. <laughs> Comparatively speaking, Cryptic Writings is a lesser album to me. And uh, the first lineup change in, in years, I found that the mixed bag that was risked to be a refreshing change of direction. And it really is a mixed bag. There's a bit of metal here, and then there's bits of hard rock, electronic prog, stadium rock, alternative, even a little bit of country. Things kick off. This is a fucking long-ass review. I think I'm, I think I'm going to skip to the end. Uh, do you want me to take things here for a minute? I'm I'm pretty good at soaring through these. Yeah, because it's uh it, 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 where it says things kick off with insomnia because he just I think he's going. He's, there's a lot of there's a lot here. I appreciate the positivity on risk, but yeah, I don't mind stepping in. Things kick off with insomnia, which is probably the most aggressive song on the album. Not that that's saying much. The song has an electronica style electric drums in parts, but the riff sounds like it could have come from Countdown to Extinction. The chorus is really catchy as well. In fact, pretty much all of the songs on here have a catchy chorus, something Megadeth have been doing on all their albums since 1992. Catchiness is the basis for any pop album, melodic hooks, and nothing else. Happily, Risk has more substance than that. Prince of Darkness is a great lower-paced song with a sinister spoken intro, and again, a highly catchy chorus. Many people have criticized Risk by calling it a sellout album, but I'd be quick to disagree. The varying styles on this album are simply too inconsistent to make it an album of radio hits, unlike the Metallica albums of the time. Uh, this has much better than Load, and as far as I'm concerned, much better than anything Metallica have done since 1984. Wow, that's strong. Um, All right, now I, I'm very confused because this guy, 
yeah. on one hand seems very bright and then goes and says something as dumb as that. <laughs> and um, um, okay. Okay. Uh, Crush Him is awesome. Light atmospheric intro that builds up to the huge anthemic chorus. Killer stadium rock, simple, silly, but great fun and highly memorable. The fact that a song like this is then followed by a song like Breadline clearly demonstrates the inconsistency of styles I mentioned before. Instead of being a huge stadium anthem, this is a light melodic rocker with a strong country vibe to it. It's a very good song, but it's hard to imagine that it would have released by a band called Megadeth, a band whose back catalog includes songs called Love to Death and Wake Up Dead. Uh, Sorry, Whale Up Dead. There's a typo there. Uh, The (laughs) same goes for everything on here, really. The Doctor's Calling is a bit boring, but still fairly enjoyable. But then we get to the awesome I'll Be There, a sentimental ballad-like song that can rival a tout le monde in terms of beauty. In fact, I actually prefer this to the euthanasia classic. It also has one of my all-time favorite lyrical quotes, we stopped dreaming and started believing. This is followed by the songs Wanderlust and Ecstasy, both late 90s alternative rockers with the former having a very light post-grunge sound to it. Closing the album is the two-piece song Time. The first piece is an atmospheric acoustic affair, which works as well as an introduction to the second part, which is great hard rock heavy metal, a great end to the album. This is unless you have the remaster. This Here we go. See, this is where he's going to save it for you. No, uh, he's not. He's not. Uh, he's, just, he's just talking about extra songs. Uh, this means you have the three bonus tracks, which are different mixes of the songs Insomnia, Breadline, and Crush Em. They aren't anything special, really. First one is an enjoyable listen, but dear God, Jock mixed version of Crush Em is shocking. The whole appeal of the song is that it's anthemic. This mix totally destroys that and makes it sound like a horrible techno song or something. But it's not fair to take away points for bonus tracks. Anyway, bonus tracks aside, a good album. Uh, if you don't like hard rock or alternative rock, avoid. If you only like heavy metal, avoid. If you thought Megadeth have been going downhill since Countdown, definitely avoid. Otherwise, give it a listen. It's worth the risk. Pun 110% intended. Yeah, I mean, so, overall, overall, I agree with him. Um, I, I really think that if you're, if you're reviewing uh, a Megadeth album and you mention Metallica, you pretty much lose 50% of your credibility. Same thing goes <laughs> for if you're reviewing a, a Metallica album and you mention Megadeth. That also you lose 50% of your credibility um, right away. Um, but, you know, I, it's nice to have some positivity for albums like that. Next time we do this, we should do positive, like, St. Anger or something. And Yeah. But, um, that could be cool to do. Oh. I want to do something real quick. Are you doing the same thing I'm doing? No. There's no way we're doing the same thing right now. So what, what are you wanting to do? Uh, well, I'm just trying to come up with, uh, an idea for next time we do one of these. Uh, and I'm thinking, uh, I'd quite like to read some reviews of a certain 2011 release, um, by our shared favorite band. Uh, of course. I'm of course talking about Lulu, okay. uh, because there are 25 reviews and <laughs> very few of them are positive. Um, but you know, I I'm just I'm just here for the uh, you know I you know that gif of Michael Jackson in the movie theater just like knocking back popcorn. That's how I feel reading through these. I'm trying. So I'm trying to find. So when when I was 
you know, younger, like in, around the, the early 20, 22, what do you call those? The early 2000s and then the early 20 teens, I actually did album reviews. Yeah. Um, for a couple different uh, sites, but I'm trying to find what is my favorite negative album review I've ever done. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, okay. Let me, let me see if it's, if it's here. Um, let's see. What was that? Do, 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 do. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm trying to I'm trying to find this. Hopefully, I can find it because it'll be fun to read. Because I I kind of remember it, and I was really uh, I was really excited by it when I wrote it. I might mm. see if I can find I might see if I can find a short but sweet Lulu Lulu review. <laughs> this one's just called "Fuck Metallica." <laughs> uh okay okay uh this is gonna have to be an episode all its own man okay oh dude i'm shit nope (laughs) here we go what we got what we got what we're working with here i'm just trying to see if i can fuck I, i think that this thing is so it's such an old publication that I um how old are we talking? How old is it? It's uh, I think the the issue that I probably am looking for you're probably talking about um let's see what the, what is the date on this one? Oh. Do you remember what it's called the the publication? The magazine is called Citizen, C I T I Z I N E. What was the date of this? It was early. It was early two thousands. The the interesting thing is, I found out that there are issues of this that I have stuff written in that are on eBay for forty dollars. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> um, no way. Anyway, I'm sorry. I can't find it. I have to like actually next time. I'll actually have to bust out the actual magazine and I'll read it. But anyway, but I can give you a little preview. It was a it was a, an album review for the very first album by the Black Keys. And oh, um, all I know is that in one part of the review, I referred to the songs as I don't know how many songs there were. So let's say there was 10. I said I called them 10 slices of white bread smothered in mayo. (laughs) (laughs) Would that have been uh, the big come up? No, no. It's called something factory. Uh, Rubber factory. Rubber factory. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, if I <laughs> ten slices of white the black bread keys rubber factory review, ah, fuck off. Maybe that, maybe that'll find it because I know it used to be online. Rubber factory review. Uh, All right, guys, for this this boring ending to this episode, Citizen. we were doing so well. Okay. Mm. Oh, dude. I really want to find it now. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna it's not no. gonna come up. I'll br- I'll bring oh. it next time we do one of these. Okay, um, cool. 
but uh but i but maybe i could find you like my worst review of uh of on an on a another website that i wrote for this is actual website called scene point blank i wrote for them in in the early 20 teens Mm. and let's see if you go to i know you can go to staff and i'm still there as like former writer um there i am okay so let's see if we do all my reviews let's see what was one that was a bad review what did i not like (laughs) because this was the one where like they sent me stuff and i would just you know i so i would be reviewing stuff that i was just really not into yeah um You know what I got to thinking the other day, just just while it's on my mind now that I've brought up Lulu. Yeah, the the riff to the view is fucking sick. Oh yeah, it's great. All right, yeah. so I think this is probably the worst one because I remember I actually got hate mail from fans of this band. Okay. Um, and uh, so this was for a uh, a band called Eight Bells and their 2013 album that's called The Captain's Daughter. Okay. And um, I was not a fan. And uh, so here's my review. I gave it a three out of 10 was my rating. Okay. All right. <clears throat> this was written by in 2013 by old head, who at that point was younger. <clears throat> that was Sometimes, younger head. Younger head. Sometimes the best plan can be to have absolutely no plan. Occasionally, a band can inadvertently create something truly unique and enjoyable that defies all categorization. More often, a band will hastily throw together something that is such a mess that the only solution is to slap a fancy description on it in hopes to appeal to the kind of music fans that are more interested in describing their musical taste rather than actually listening to them. <laughs> I can't even begin to apply the slightest amount of sugarcoating to, on this one. The captain's daughter is unforgivably bad in numerous ways. It is a rambling, uninspired, amateurish collection of jam sessions that barely resemble that barely resembles an actual album. So, of course, you will find terms like experimental, psychedelic, and post-metal being thrown around in a desperate attempt (laughs) to make some sense out of this nonsense. Eight Bells is helmed by Manita Jackson, whose rudimentary effects-laden guitar work serves as the feeble backbone of this mostly instrumental album. Taking elements from metal, progressive rock, and post-punk, the band seem to have all the right ingredients to create something epic or at least interesting. Unfortunately, the captain's daughter ultimately serves as a cautionary example of how a lack of planning can be utterly disastrous. Each of the album's four tracks feels like an extended introduction to a song that never actually begins. The opening track, driven by a reverb-heavy post-punk-inspired rift, succeeds only because it feels like the wistful beginning to a fascinating album. The charm quickly wears off with the realization that the captain's daughter has nothing else to offer. I appreciate that the intention was to create dark atmospheric atmospheric pieces of music without relying on traditional song structures. However, Jackson's dense, repetitive guitar melodies are simply not interesting enough to carry entire songs on their own. I could easily fill another couple of paragraphs detailing the album's multiple shortcomings from embarrassingly crude performances, including a number of noticeable drum flubs to an unnecessarily lengthy ambient section and an almost laughable detour and what would only be described as freeform jazz rock. I have quite a bit to work with. 
but in keeping with the spirit of the captain's daughter, I'm going to forego spending the energy to flesh out my ideas and simply let this review haphazardly peter out. That was my... (laughs) Wow. That's fun. I don't know if I've ever seen you review something that brutally (laughs) before. Like that, that... I've seen, I've seen, I've we've talked about at least over a thousand albums on this show at this point for sure. Yeah. yeah. And and like there's been times where you're like I for the most part am very subjective, but this is bad, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I've never heard you like articulate how bad something is like that before. That was fucking well, brutal. To, yeah. to be fair, I was a little harsh because, like, you know, I've I, I I've gone I like I've thought of that review in you know years since, and I've gone back to listen to, it and I go, look, this album's not good, but I don't think uh, it deserved, <laughs> I don't think it deserved all of that. <laughs> but that was mostly just me kind of entertaining myself because I didn't get paid to write, and yeah. sometimes it was fun. It's fun to just take something that annoys me and just put it down on paper. Yeah, and the the um the the hate mail i got for that review were mostly people that i think they were friends with the girl that does the guitar on in the in the band right and they were just like um why are you targeting her and i'm like because she's the fucking guitar player in the band you dumbass (laughs) like who who else's guitar playing am i gonna talk about but they were just like you're being so rude to her and i'm just like it's a shit album and the guitar playing is not great on it. Am I supposed to give her some sort of points because she's a female guitar player? I'm not going to ever do that. Never. The guitar playing wasn't good. So yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so I, I, there's only a handful of albums that I've written really bad reviews for, but um, honestly, it was that experience doing album reviews and occasionally getting feedback from idiots Hmm. that made me realize that I don't actually enjoy that. And what I really wanted to do was just write about the albums that were making me feel something and making me excited. Problem was doing that kind of stuff. Most of the time, those publications didn't want me to constantly just be writing about whatever album I wanted to write about. They wanted me to write about stuff that they got yeah. Um, and then sometimes stuff I wanted to write about was already being tackled by somebody else. So I was left yeah. with, do, are you going to write something or not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, I guess I'm going to write about this album that I didn't like. Um, but I, I mean, I'm not, I, I think that's well-written and fun to read, but I'm not, I'm never proud of shitting on anything aside from like Michael Graves misfits, maybe, um, <laughs> but everything else, like, if I really like rip into something, I'm usually just like, ah, it didn't deserve that because who the fuck cares? Somebody enjoys it and they can just go enjoy it. But, you know, cause I don't want, I don't want people to write ridiculous reviews like the angel dust review where they totally yeah. fucking don't understand it. And, but, but yeah. claim to be some kind of fan. That's just, it's baffling to me. Um, how are you going to turn around and say the real thing is like fantastic and free of new metal tropes when <laughs> Epic is often cited as one of the earliest examples of a style that would become fucking new metal? 
Like, yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, anyway, that, oh. was, that was fun. Yeah. It was. Um, I had fun. I feel like I'm out of steam though, because we. Yeah, I I definitely think that this should be a returning show though. I, I think I, I think this was a fun little experiment. We've stumbled upon a new show. Yeah, the, the show. well, also the um the peanut butter platypuses and aluminium squirrels out there, um, give us some feedback whether it be on YouTube or if you just want to shoot me an email if you're a podcast listener, um. Do you do you like this? Where I mean, sure, we could do more where we read bad reviews, but what about multiple episodes where we don't really have any kind of plan and we just kind of wing it? And yeah. things like things like this can happen. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was uh, I, I had a good time. Hell yeah! And um, yeah, that's a good show. Yeah, thank thank you all for being here and for uh, for joining us for. The untitled episode, yeah, of, uh, <laughs> of CNR sidebar. Um, you have any? You have any closing thoughts? Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the to the Lulu one. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we'll we'll have to do this again soon, just so we can read. Um, maybe yeah. we should come. We should come up with other albums that we want to either read bad or good reviews of. Yeah, and um. Because I can, I can already think of a few that that I would, yeah, I would definitely like to read bad or good reviews of. So that would be fun. Anyway, all right, you're all beautiful people. Thank you for watching and listening, or and or or both. I guess if you're if you're on YouTube, you have to use your. I guess well, I don't know. <laughs> these are. I think you can do captions. I've never actually looked to see how well the captions work because I know you can turn them on. They're kind of automatic. Or whatever. Yeah. But I've always wondered, like, if I still have a little bit of 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 a little bit why watch that again with the subtitles and tell me what it says. <laughs> anyway, all right. On that note, thank you very much for being here. We'll see you uh, ne- next week with uh, or or next time. I'm going to start saying next time. Just next in case time. We gotta, next in case we got to take a week off, we don't mm. disappoint too many people. But the next time you see us, we will be doing another artist ranking, and it's another pretty fucking major one, mm-hmm. like. We've got a couple big guns that we've that we're that we've pulled out already, and it's yeah. barely February now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Big so I hope year. you guys I hope you guys enjoyed this. Back to more cranking and ranking next time. And as usual, I'm going to throw it over to Eddie Sparks to take us out. Later, dude. Going classic, classic mode. Oh my god! Holy shit! <laughs> there's some there's some there was fireworks behind me so apparently uh zoom loved that outro so great that, job eddie sparks that was that this is incredible i love this new i love this new feature that neither of us knew about <laughs> i'm gonna look into it all right bye everybody